You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big Noon Sports, featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. Here's Lars and Matt. Hey, welcome into the program. The sun just broke through. It's absolutely beautiful, at least in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and parts of uh, Alabama from east to west and north to south. Appreciate everyone dialing us in. Uh, Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson has just mentioned that. Hey, it's here for Justin. There's our new producer, Justin Jones. How are you, man? Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing good. Doing good. Wow. Um, let's hope you hang on longer than the last couple of guys. How many have we been through since you and I started? Six? Something like that. <laughs> So so good luck to you. No, it's a, it's uh, a launching pad it's that's, a, for their career. Listen to yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. I'm going on to bigger and better things, but I'll be here for a while. I'll All right. be here for a while. Hang with us at least. Can you make it through football season? Are you trying to do I'm going to do my best. Okay. I'm going to okay. do my best. Um, speaking, of, speaking of football, I, I guess it's as good a place to uh, begin as any um, because Alabama, you know, it is – Crunch time for Saban when it comes to his recruiting for the 2024 class. And I guess what he did over the weekend jumped him from 24 to 13th, I think, in one of the many rankings. But everybody wanted Xavier and Brown, but Lars, guess who got him? Yeah, Nick Saban. Really big weekend uh, landing the three commitments. And uh, I th- the most interesting player to me is uh, this kid from... Uh, um, Isan, Germany. Yeah. Is that uh, the one you're looking Bavaria. at? I thought maybe of interest. Justin. Man, why Okarangua. is it? Ever... Okay. Okarangua, we'll, which we'll is go, not we'll a very German-sounding name, yeah. is it? Okarangua? Uh, Okarangua? Yeah, he's a, a linebacker. And, uh, you know, pe- people have been speculating or questioning or wondering if Nick Saban, when he was uh, uh, took his trip to Venice, Italy, if he buzzed up to Germany, uh, and to to visit him because uh, it's uh, it is about a six hour drive uh, from his hometown to Venice, Venice, where uh, Coach Saban was vacationing. However, there's no confirmation that Nick Saban made an in home visit while on vacation, but but who knows? Um, the, uh, the the two main recruiters on on this kid were uh, Kevin Steele, who's the new defensive coordinator, and the inside linebacker coach Robert Bala. They did the legwork, and um, so probably racked up some pretty uh, big, a long, lot of long, leg distant, work. long distant phone calls. But um, I know that 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 Saban, he he is a three star prospect. But uh, I think Saban believes he would be a five-star if he was playing in the United States. And so it's just intriguing that um, this uh, the class of 2024 is going to have a worldwide flavor to it. I mean, what, what, what's next? The guy like, from uh, Finland, the uh, big, big offensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, he is a huge man. He may have been on the most previous, uh, but... Uh, we'll mix them together here, but uh, I thought that was uh, very interesting. Yeah, that was the and, class yeah. of twenty twenty three. Okay, uh, at least o- I got Olis, that right. Olis Alinian. There you from, go from uh, Pori, Finland. Yes, and I, I don't really know that uh, Saban took any trips the year before to Europe, but uh, maybe I, I. And you know, Nick wants to get eyes on right with every single player he recruits, every single 
player that he offers. Yeah. Um, so I, it was interesting what what uh, Oronquo said that um, that he said in, in in Germany. You know, we learn about college football from watching television, basically. And uh, he said that Alabama was the team that he saw or heard the most of. And and when he was offered, he was just blown away. And so um, and even when uh, Saban was in Italy, um, you know, he's, he noticed the, the brand awareness of, of Alabama or the, the power of the, the brand of Alabama, how he got, you know, we, we talked about it when he was overseas and people were posting pictures of uh, he and uh, with, with, with Coach Saban and fans. And, and um, I mean, I've literally, I've been on the Great Wall of China. I think I've told you this when I heard a roll tide. Like what? What is the most? What is the, what is the most? Uh, what, what is the well most unique place you've heard a roll tide? Well, uh, I've heard it a lot in Europe, but that's because there was a guy on my right or left, if you would, Kenny Stabler, and so they'd see him and they'd yell "roll tide." Uh, that that is somewhat provoked on the wall of China. I I, I can imagine that was just out of nowhere. Because we heard it in Frankfurt, Barcelona. We heard it everywhere. But then again, that brand awareness has to be there because they recognize Ken Stabler. So um, it's, it's, it's all very, very interesting. And, and, you know, we talk about this several times, and we'll talk about it with Bone. But it is interesting how the three-star, four-star, two-star, one-star, five-star works. Because I would imagine now that Okoronkwo is now a four-star. At you least, yeah. Because... Alabama wanted him. Yes. And, and I think that happens often, and it raises the boat for the entire recruiting class. Yes. If Nick wants you, then you're no longer a three. Exactly. And you know why? Because it's absolutely true. <laughs> uh, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. And, um, yeah, he just he has such a, a, a terrific eye for talent. And we talked about this with Andrew Bone, our recruiting expert, uh, last week, just that Nick always wants to see the player in person. He wants to see them on the practice field. He wants to um, obviously analyze game tape, but, but, but specifically he wants to see that, that kid on the field. And then he also wants to get to know uh, the, the, the player personally to see just what kind of person he is uh, in so that is, is he going to be someone who is receptive to the Alabama way, the Alabama uh, uh, process, right? And uh, is he going to be willing to uh, endure the physical and mental struggle struggles that one must go through to really develop and achieve what you want as a player at Alabama. And, um, you know, I've mentioned this before, but that uh, Coach Saban and his staff, they do what's called a, a, I think it's a seven-person dive where they want to talk to the seven most important people in a recruit's life and just ask them questions about, okay, how does he respond to winning? How does he respond to losing? What kind of practice habits does he have? Um, how does he respond to criticism? How, uh, it, what is his effort level in school? Who are his friends? I mean, it's almost like they want to compile like this 
a, a dossier, a FBI style dossier on like uh, different players. Does, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And this starts at a very young age. And Alabama has a recruiting war room where they have all their targets uh, written out on a on a whiteboard. And uh, and so, yeah, it, it's not just as simple as watching game film. Right. I mean, if you go and, and look at uh, high school players highlights, everybody looks like a five star. But um, but obviously Nick Saban knows what he's doing. And I think this was a really great weekend for Alabama um, getting those three commitments. Uh, I think especially the, the sort of the big one is Xavier uh, Brown, the four star out of Mater D uh, in California. Um, it's over uh, USC and Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, I mean, you beat USC in their backyard for a kid that they desperately wanted, and they beat Ohio State, which has this long history of producing high-level corners and safeties. And uh, and right now, Xavier um, Brown is rated as the number seven quarterback in the class, but uh, he may that may go up higher as it well. Does now. And uh, and then getting uh, uh, Zyke Helton uh, in the class of 2026, an offensive lineman, right, who still has plenty of developing to do. But uh, it was a good weekend for Alabama, no question. And uh, to continue the thought on what we talked with Andrew Bone and what we were just talking about a minute ago where somebody gets recruited or is being recruited, how they seem to rise as far as their stars are concerned. Well, I read this this morning about a quarterback that you've been very fond of uh, since he committed, and that's Julian Sayan, mm-hmm. quarterback. Well, now, according to, and maybe it has a lot to do with Alabama and Nick Saban, but now he is rated by Bama Online and other recruiting services as the top quarterback. That's and so yeah. it goes once again. Yeah. By the um, way, this guy looks like a taller you. Have you <laughs> seen a picture of if you I grow have. if you grew your hair out like over your ears and down the back almost mullet like? Um and another reason I say this is because he in this particular photo that I saw, he just looked really young. And you look really young, even though you're two times <laughs> older than this guy. I'm not, I'm I'm but, not uh, uh, really young. Uh, don't no, feel like not it, like but. that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, that's somebody that we'll be looking at. A year. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Julian's saying, uh, well, one, he stole the show at the Elite 11 camp. And that really raised his profile and caused, um, you know, more people to, to look closely at him. And he is going to be the cornerstone, obviously, of this next class. And... Uh, and I think that, um, uh, like, yeah, just just going back to like the Elite Eleven. I mean, we know that he won the MVP of uh, of the Elite Eleven Finals, and then uh, he won MVP at at an event called the OT Seven. And um, he just uh, the, these performances at these camps backed up what was a, he had a really strong junior season at uh, Calabasas High out in California, and um, he I I think he will eventually end up as you mentioned that, that he'll be the top kid the top quarterback in the class right. 
and I think he's going to stay there. And I, and he right now he's six foot one and a half, uh, 195 pounds. He's got a quick, um, quick release. He's accurate. Um, just uh, you know what what you heard people saying about him coming out of Elite Eleven is that they just could not believe his accuracy, his anticipation, and that is something that just it can't be taught. You either have it or you don't, and it it appears that he has it in abundance. And uh, and this is the player. I know he's young and it's uh, it's a long ways away, but this is the player that they are going to build this class of 2024 around. Lars, are you keeping up with this unfortunate story growing out of Northwestern? Pat Fitzgerald. It's it's very it's very very troubling. Uh, we like to keep the show on an upbeat, but uh, it. You have to talk about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's beyond disturbing. Yeah, but, you, but you know what? On the flip side of it, this has been some incredible journalism that we are seeing from the students at Northwestern, which is a great journalism, no, it's a journalism school. school. Yeah, and but it was broken. it was it was these students for the Northwestern school paper that broke this story that will probably lead to the firing of Pat Fitzgerald. Certainly appears to be headed in that direction. You're listening to Big Noon Sports, brought to you, sponsored by, and presented by Haley Sensing Union Home Mortgage, who will be joining us later in the show, along with Mick Gillespie and ABC 3340's Jeff Spiegel. That's all coming up on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzen and Main. And if you haven't tried the Mizzen and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon, just a small chance of a shower. The better chance of rain south of here, the high 89. Clear tonight, the low 68. And tomorrow, a dry day with a good supply of sunshine. The afternoon high at 93. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 82 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sensing Union Home Mortgage. A uh, story out of Northwestern. It's really been developing, but I think it's reaching a, a, a pinnacle here as far as for the future 
of Pat Fitzgerald. And, and as far as uh, what is going to happen at Northwestern, uh, and it may suffer down through through many levels. But um, I'll, I'll put it in a nutshell here, and then Lars will expand a little bit because Northwestern is one of the places I, w- I wanted to go. I looked at far too expensive for me to go, but it was an unbelievable journalism school. And uh, they, in large part, that school and this newspaper, have developed the story. But uh, a former player came forward with many allegations against Coach Fitz and said that he should be fired. And then he went into detail about what happened when you were uh, uh, when you were assigned uh, as a member of the Shrek team, and then you would be put in a room with other play with older players, and there are accusations of sexual abuse and much more. It's just um, it, it's illegal, first of all, if true. Uh, and it's disgusting, and it just it shouldn't. It, it amazes me that this kind of stuff still goes on in 2023. But uh, then they went and they got another. They got a current player who substantiates a lot of this. Now there are some allegations that this is an effort by some players just to get rid of this guy, and perhaps it's been embellished. But there are so many reports about this Shrek team that it makes one wonder if it is not going to lead at lead to at least the dismissal of Coach Fitz, which, by the way, he's had a good career there. He's 110 and 101. He's been to like eight or nine bowls. Um, he's his, a legend at uh, the school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, played there. Successful linebacker yeah. in, the, in the mid-90s. A great linebacker. Um, it appears, though, that he has uh, t- taken measures, uh, as far as hazing is concerned, to the extreme. And it's it's difficult you know, to talk about, to be very honest with you, because some of the allegations are just uh, disgusting. Yeah, so the, the story really uh, grew more disturbing with, uh, again, the reporting uh, from the Daily Northwestern, and that is the, the school newspaper. And one player came forward and gave uh, details of what went down, and then a second player confirmed the details. Now, this goes back to uh, about late November of 2022, and the player uh, who came forward said to the newspaper uh, that uh, the team's hazing centered around a practice that they called running. And this was used to punish team members, mostly freshmen, for mistakes made on the field and in practice. So if a player was selected for, quote, running, once they got into the locker room, lights would go out and they would, this player would be restrained by a group of eight to ten upperclassmen dressed in various different masks and then, and this is very sensitive, so sensitive content coming here. Turn down your radio if you have a little kid in the car. But they would hold, hold the player down and begin dry humping the victim in the dark locker room. And it was uh, just, just completely humiliate, humiliation, complete humiliation, vile inhumane behavior and the thing is that team members and this is according to the former player team members identified players for running 
out on the practice field by clapping their hands above their heads around that player. This is really important. So to to signal out who was going to be hazed like this in the dark locker room by eight or ten upperclassmen with masks on, a, a upperclassman out on the field during practice would clap his hands over his head to signify that this player needs to be uh, run. So um, there is actually, there's video of uh, that the Daily, uh, this Northwestern School newspaper, that they obtained of a player clapping his hands during a game, which uh, showed that 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 uh, this player was uh, he was making the the motion to signify running, and that uh, a player had made a mistake out on the field, and that was his way to signal that this guy needs to get run right uh, in and do what they do to him in the in the dark locker room with masks on, and um, so this also. Um, it gets deeper than this because there is also some evidence, according to this player, that guess who also did the clapping above the heads? Coach Fitz. Coach Fitzgerald, yes. And now um, now that this, um, this news is coming out, Northwestern is scrambling um, the uh, on Saturday night. The university president said that he believes that, quote, he may have erred in weighing the appropriate sanction for Coach Fitzgerald because he was put on unpaid leave of absence, right, for like two weeks. Yeah, unpaid suspension for two weeks at this time of the, of the year, which is, you know, it's like... Just, by the way, I think he's back just in time for their media days. Yeah. Is that the yeah. way I read it? Yeah. I mean, it's like suspending a bear during hibernation. Like, <laughs> does it yeah. matter? Does it matter at all? I'll write that down. That's our show title. <laughs> um, or a wild cat. No, wild cats don't hibernate. But anyway. Um, They're yeah, I, I would be surprised if Pat Fitzgerald shows up at Big Ten Media Days. And I would be surprised if he has a job here at Northwestern in... By the end of the week. That's my guess. Well, and um, it doesn't help his cause, but he was one in 11 last year. Yeah. And that's really not the focus here, but it, it is. You know the one team no they beat? Uh, Nebraska. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, t- t- 25 minutes in, and here come the Cornhuskers. <laughs> and, uh, not necessarily a flattering way, but um, it, it's all very disturbing. And, <clears throat> you know, we've always known and if you played a little bit, you, you knew that this kind of stuff went on. But the degree and the, again, keep, keep the radio down, the sexual content here uh, about running players through the shallow, uh, the, the, the shower naked. And there are others, but I, I, I think we've explained enough to where people yeah, can they get the idea. They get the idea here. And it, it, if this has been going on for a while, it really makes me wonder how it wasn't exposed earlier. Uh, but didn't, am I wrong? This is illegal. Yeah. You can't do this. No, you cannot. Absolutely not. Also, now, some of the other hazing practices, and I'm not defending it as a whole, but 
Um, you know, some of the stuff where it's more prankish, you know, you, what is it's, it that uh, they used to do at the sexual, NFL? This is sexual abuse. Uh, absolutely. But uh, some of the NFL ones I've heard where they kind of tape you, duct tape you to a goalpost or something like that, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that argue that's not right. Personally, I'm okay with that. That's, I don't think, illegal, although some attorney could probably make it go. But uh, you're right. Um, and, and who gets charged here? I mean, uh, obviously I, the upperclassmen yeah. participated. They'd be a part of it. The coach, I, I, I don't uh, know. He says he doesn't. He didn't know that, about this. Well, of course he's going to say that. Um, ignorance <laughs> usually is not a great defense, but um, yeah. I mean, as far as I know, there's there's no in criminal investigation yet. Correct? Or are you seeing that? There I don't is? see it on yeah, this particular I, story. No, I haven't seen any criminal uh, investigation yet. But I wouldn't be surprised if it, uh, if uh, if I would actually, I would be surprised if the if the police were not looking into it up, up at Northwestern, uh, right outside of Chicago. And uh, it's just an observation from Matt's standpoint here. Um, how do I say this delicately? If anything here involving this story can be delicately said, this is not a school I would have expected it at. No. Okay? Uh-uh. And I'm not going to name one I would, but, um, you know, first of all, what do you got to have, a 3-2 to even walk through the campus? <laughs> I mean, and, and you'd figure, uh, again, walking delicately, um, the guy's this smart, <laughs> you know, uh, they they wouldn't put up with this, and I guess evidently now they're not. Yeah, um, we'll just have to see because there was this independent investigation by a law firm, and they didn't uncover what the student media did at Northwestern. And I really give these uh, young journalists credit and. Man, it, it gives you hope for uh, journalism moving forward. Uh, I'd love it when um, when students are on the forefront of breaking big stories, and that's happened here at Alabama too. All because of you? No, 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 no. All because of uh, of uh, their own tenacity. Um, you know what? They're other than minor league baseball, I don't think there's a professional sport going on today. Oh, well, they got that NBA stuff, the summer league. But uh, WNBA, come on. Okay. Wow. Shake my head. Missed that one. Anyway, major league baseball is taking a break for all-star. We'll talk about that, not those others, uh, when we continue on Big Noon Sports, presented by Hayes Hansing, Union Home Mortgage. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Lars and I have gone back and forth on this. How did the Angels end up with this phenom? Yeah, well, they outbid everyone. You know, when he came over, um, he had to, to pay the posting for his team in Japan, and then teams were... Um, you know, we're, we're, we're bidding on him. We, they said he was the Japanese Babe Ruth, but I don't think we really believed it. We thought, ah, you know, we'll see. I mean, Babe Ruth, I mean, that's like, you know, when you hear, I don't know, Oasis told us that they were going to be the next Beatles, you know. They, they were good, <laughs> but they weren't the next Beatles, right? This guy's been, I mean, look, he doesn't have 700 home runs. He's never going to hit 700 home runs in the major leagues 
like the Babe, but he can pitch and hit better than the Babe could pitch and hit at the same time because the Babe really didn't get to do both. I mean, when he went to the Yankees, they they made him a, you know, they made him a hitter. You know, he didn't pitch anymore. This guy pitches and hits. Um, he's he has lived up to the hype and more. I remember talking to uh, the interpreter for for um, a player that came from. Japan and, and, and he was telling me that the toughest thing that the players have to deal with when they come from Japan to the United States, they're like on six man rotations over there. And the baseball here is heavier. I, I don't know how much heavier and I don't know, you know, but there was a difference and, the, and it caused arm problems with these guys, arm fatigue. So you would see like, well, what, what's going to happen when you get Shohei Otani over here? Is he going to have that arm fatigue? You know, if he's pitching on five days instead of six, you know, like, like they do in Japan. And, um, you know, and he's had some issues, but all pitchers do. But at the same time, I mean, he's been fantastic. The strikeouts are there. Uh, the wins are there. He gives his team a chance to win each time he goes out. So I, it's, it's going to be a pretty high bill, but I don't think that the money is going to be as big of a motivator to him as being with one of the premier franchises with the big fan bases and a team that can win. Mick, uh, the Daily Northwestern, the student newspaper at Northwestern, uh, did some terrific reporting, and uh, two players came out and detailed um, really uh, troubling, uh, uh, hazing incidences that occurred at Northwestern and have been occurring. And now, just a few minutes ago, the Daily Northwestern, still on top of the story, uh, three former players have just come out and said Northwestern football program has a, quote, culture of enabling racism, unquote. Um, And it just seems like as every day goes by um, until Pat Pat Fitzgerald is, is fired that... Uh, more skeletons maybe coming out of the closet here. Um, do you think, well, one, I'd love just to get your reaction to what is happening at Northwestern. And two, do you think there's any way that Pat Fitzgerald could survive this? Yeah, when I heard it, uh, it made me laugh because there were some people uh, in the, you know, in, with the Cubs front office when Theo was the the, the president you know, his group that, that looked at Pat Fitzgerald and, and how he did things and how he worked with young players and, you know, in kind of this, you know, this new culture that, that we have, you know, where like, you know, we're patting everybody on the back and, you know, giving hugs, even when you show up late for work and don't get your job done, you know, like we're going to be a lot nicer than we used to be, you know? And, and that was kind of something that, that I remember, hearing through the system like hey you know we really got to change the way that we do business and we got to look at northwestern's pat fitzgerald because you know he's really setting trends here and then this came out uh it was surprising to me uh what's crazy is that the student newspaper uh, you know broke the story um you know because it's like students i mean like crazy right i, I don't I, i'm still kind of gonna wait like I always do before I really give an opinion on this because you're getting one side of the story, the player side, but it is, it's terrible to think that if what they're saying is accurate, that that kind of stuff goes on, you know, and I, when I was going to college, you know, fraternities used to haze 
And, you know, when going through it and then you become active and then you're like, you know, a lot of the guys that were, were, were the big hazers were when you got in there and you were active, they were the big losers too. And then the older you get, you look back and go, and I can't even believe that I spent money to hang out with this guy. And I could probably, you know, drop a couple words that would describe what I think of that person now. But I, I never believed in that. You know, I, I still don't. Like, I, I, I'm i also one of these parents that's like, that I'm not big on spanking. I just, that's not the way I am. I, I don't like, I, I, I think that when you're trying to get something out of somebody, you, you motivate people. Depend, you know, based on who their personality is. I don't think there's like a one, you know, one stop shop for getting the most out of people. Uh, but I'm just not for physical violence of any kind and, and, and doing stuff like that. So it's disturbing if it's true. And I mean, I'm sure his career's over. Um, be interesting to see kind of how this all plays out. But, you know, we, we, we're in a world too where. You know, people get upset. They're 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 angry because they didn't get playing time, and then it turns into something else. So I, that's why I'm I'm just going to be cautious and and see what this what uncovers with the investigation. But the way that everyone's reacting right now kind of tells me that where there's smoke, there's fire. Right now, Pat Fitzgerald's defense is uh, he's claiming that he had no knowledge of the hazing activities uh, that were going on under his watch. Now, if you're a college football coach, isn't your entire job to know everything that is happening in your program? Is that a legit defense by just raising your arms up and saying, well, I, I didn't know what was that going on? Yeah, I, look, I, I know you were probably going to disagree, but I do believe that that happened. You know, I mean, like when, when you know, when your parents are around, you know, it's a, it, kids do different stuff, you know, than, than when they're not, you know, and it's like kind of the same thing. I mean, like, you know, he's in there, you know, teaching these guys how to block and, and tackle and, you know, catch passes and throw passes, and I'm sure they're not doing it in front of him. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I believe that. I mean, he probably – there's no way he would have tolerated it for this, you know. And, and if the players, you know, did the players tell him that or did they tell the newspaper that? And if they told the newspaper, why didn't they tell him? You know, I mean, like, I, I, I could definitely see something like this happening. I mean, there's stuff that goes on all the time that you, you find out about it and you're like, man, I, I, no way. And you're like, yeah, way. Well, how did you know? Well, I mean, you know, I found out this way and I walked in on somebody. I mean, I don't know, but, uh, it, I, I, I'm, I'm sure if he would have, his reputation would tell me that if he, you know, leading up into this, if he would have heard of something like that going on, then he would have put his foot down, or at least he would expect. I think that that's where the investigation probably should go to. You know, hey, look, you know, you're telling the, you know, the college kid that's writing the story about it. Well, why did, did the player tell a coach? Did he tell an assistant coach? Did he tell? You know, you know, one of the people that helps them with their homework. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to that defense to me that would say, okay, if if this is what was going on, you didn't know. Well, I don't necessarily think that that means he was a bad boss. I, that, is, that it happened when he wasn't there. I know. Just to, to kind of be clear on what you said initially, you, you said the Cubs were actually working with this guy on 
what you would call modern day treatment of the modern day athlete? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I remember that. And, and, you know, this was, it's been a little while now, but I remember they were like, you know, kind of like changing kind of some of the ways that they do things in the organization because, you know, they, he was one of the people that they talked to about the success that Northwestern had. You know, he's one of the most successful coaches that Northwestern's ever had. They've been like a doormat football program. And then all of a sudden he comes in and they've gotten to, the title game in their league a couple times and, and it, it, you're, you're you're dealing with a program that doesn't have resources doesn't have a big stadium that you know this isn't notre dame or alabama or ohio state or michigan and yet you know they were kind of the david versus goliath of their you know of their league and up until this all i've ever heard is just what a great job that that Fitzgerald had done and how he was kind of a modern coach when it comes to dealing with players. I, I'll give you a, a great like comp to that is, you know, I, I talked to Tony Vitello a couple of years ago about Jim Wells. And I, you know, I was around the Bama baseball program when Hall of Famer Jim Wells was there. He let me sit, sit in the dugout and, uh, and my friends played on the team. And I even broadcast the games first on college radio and then on the Crimson Tide Sports Network when I worked there. And Jim was tough. He was old school. And it worked. As a matter of fact, he's the only coach that Alabama's had that's had real success over a sustained period of time in baseball. And you look at it before he got there and after he got there and where the program used to be competing against LSU for titles compared to where they are right now or when they have a middle of the pack season, everybody's happy. You know, it used to be if you if they went middle of the pack, it was a bad year when he was there. And he was tough, you know, and he wasn't always warm and fuzzy. And he expected a lot out of those guys. And he told them exactly what he thought to their face, you know, whether they're about their performance or their toughness or, you know, whatever. I mean, you, you know, like it was just a different era. And then the players demanded a lot out of each other, you know. And 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 the 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 guys that had success set the standard for the guys that were coming up. Well, you know, for for Tony, you know, he's has a, a program that's very similar to Alabama in the late nineties. There, there was a, Bama had that magic that they had in the ninety six year where they they had to walk off home runs and they were never out of games and they got to the World Series and they got back. Again in '97, and they, you know, they, so they, I think '96, '97, and '99, they were back. You know, and Tony's kind of the same, has the same type of program that Alabama had back then. You know, with Tennessee, you know, after years of, of of not being very good, he comes in. But the way that you deal with players is different now. You know, you can't be tough on these guys anymore because you know you're dealing with you know kids from the, the upper crust of society because they're the only ones that can play baseball. Because it's so expensive to travel, to get a bat, to get a glove. I mean, like it's it's a lot of money. The bats used to be affordable. Now they're like four hundred bucks. You know, uh, it costs money to travel and everything. And you're dealing with players in a different way, but you're trying to get the same result out of them. And the best way to do it is to have a culture where the players demand that the younger guys that are coming in do their best. Like like it, you you hustle, you play the game the right way. You know. So even though maybe the way that you communicate is different, the bottom line is the same. You want you want to get 
the you know the, the result. But you're not going to be able to go, you know, up to players and tell them how you know and, and tell them how bad they suck and what the, you know what why aren't you know why aren't you doing this or that? You know, it's more like, hey man, get them next time. You know, like it's just a different mentality. And and you know, I remember talking to him about that, and I believe that. I just think as a society that we've changed a lot. And so to get the most out of people now, particularly college kids, the way that you communicate with them is a lot different. And that that was something that Pat Fitzgerald had a reputation of being able to do. I, that's why I'm so surprised by this. Mick Gillespie is our guest. Hey, can you talk draft maybe really more uh, a little bit about Alabama athletics when we get back? Sure. Mick Gillespie, our guest on Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. The all- Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Their clothing around town on game days. But check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Fiori, Grayson, and Miz and Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon, just a small chance of a shower. The better chance of rain south of here, the high 89. Clear tonight, the low 68. And tomorrow, a dry day with a good supply of sunshine. The afternoon high at 93. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, and Mick Gillespie is our guest. Mick, I'm getting up and I'm reading over the weekend. Alabama had significant commitments for the 2024 class. Um, we all know about Zabian Brown, DB, five-star, great addition. But the, the one I think everybody's reading and trying to pronounce their name is Justin Okoronkwo. And it's very interesting that this is a guy from Germany, 6'3", 225. They say inside linebacker. His physique sounds to me more like he's an edge guy. But um, how much did you know about him before Alabama started recruiting? And did Nick visit him on his trip to Europe? That's what really everybody wants to know. Yeah, right. I I don't know if he was out there visiting him. But when when I saw it, um, just like you, I was surprised that they're playing football in Germany, right? I mean, that's pretty funny, but it, it shows you that Alabama football is global. And the other thing is that Nick Saban has not paused in recruiting. Julian Sands 
their their quarterback also. I don't know if you saw this, but um, they just uh, upgraded him to a five star quarterback. He's the guy I'm the most excited about in this coming class. Um, I, I think he's going to be an absolute difference maker. And now he's a five star player, but th- it, it's been crazy. Like every single time you you know you blink now, they're dropping another four or five star uh, in this recruiting class, and from what I understand, it's it's going to just continue to go that way here. I think Alabama's got some more surprises. You care to uh, share those, or is it just kind of a general statement? Because um... yeah, yeah, general statement right now. But we'll we'll uh, you'll be seeing. Just I'll just leave it right now. I think we I think we've got some more. There's some more tricks up the uh, the old man's sleeve. Uh, SEC media days are coming up. Um... It it really is, I'll be honest with you, I think now it's almost more about the fans following because you can follow it online. You're not going to get any exclusives, not that you were able to in the last 20 years, but you'd at least be able to get a one-on-one with somebody for three minutes, but you can't do that anymore. Just over the years, because I know you've been a part of it, and I was sitting right there for the very first one in Birmingham at the Sheraton, and we were the only radio station there. So uh, needless to say, I've been to a lot of them, and if I may just be, they they don't interest me like they used to, and that's putting it softly. Yeah, well, I'm going, but I'm with you. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like if I missed it, it would be, uh, uh, you know, the end of the world, but... I wish that it was still in Birmingham. I mean, I, I thought that the Winfrey Hotel, being in the mall like it was, just the perfect spot. It's it's one of those things where, like, the baseball tournament, it, it's great in Hoover. I don't know why they wouldn't like anywhere else with it, and they're not. I mean, keeping it there. Um, but it just felt like, well, we, we got to go to a bigger city because we don't want to say that our, you know, our media event for football is in, in Hoover. And and so now we're going to be in Nashville. So, uh, but I'm with you. You know, everything, you, you don't have to be there in person anymore to be able to get the scoop on a story or cover a team. Uh, I'm going just because I'm going up there to network. I got a few things I got to do. But all in all, I haven't been there every year for the last, I don't know, I think I, I went like five out of the last ten. And the years I didn't go, I didn't miss it. All right. All-star, all-star game. When I was a kid, this just used to jack me up. Uh, It still does. Uh, I think it's the only all-star type game, all-pro type game that has significance anymore. But uh, are you the same way? Will you actually, is it destination viewing for Mick Gillespie? Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to get all my work done so that I can enjoy the home run derby tonight, which I love, uh, I love, love, you know, seeing who's going to win. I, I, I've always liked the home run derby. I think of all the sports home run derbies, you know, or, uh, you know, events like the, the dunk contest and, you know, the skill competition sometimes that they have in the NHL. It's my favorite. I love it. I, I love the fact that Pete Alonzo takes it so seriously. You know, he's like that guy. <laughs> no kidding. If, you know, if you guys had a, you know, a big noon sports softball team, and then you bring in some ringer, and he's got like, you know, he's somehow he's the only guy with a hat and a jersey, and then you know, real tight pants comes in all jacked up. 
taking it way too seriously. He's that guy, but I love that. I love the fact that he's going to go out there and really try to win this thing. So I'm excited about it. I think that the All-Star, the All-Star game still matters. It's, it's not the same as it used to be. I've seen the American League and the National League play each other, so they weren't really on the field together a whole lot. You know, Cal Ripken and Tony Gwynn didn't play each other their season game, so that's when you saw them. Right. Uh, but I still think it has the pageantry, and I'm excited about it. I am too, and I'll be watching every bit of it that I possibly can. They still need to go back to wearing their own uniforms. That would be my only big change. I love that. See Aaron Braves on it. See Robbie over there with the Orioles. Just cool stuff. Hey, thanks, uh, Mick. We appreciate it very much. How can people catch up with you? Yeah, hey, look, check me out at Broadcaster Mick. Uh, my website is MickTheBroadcaster.com on Twitter and then the, the Cubs Bit channel on YouTube. Go over there and subscribe. We got If you like baseball and you like the Cubs especially, you'll like the channel. But we do a, a scout podcast with uh, former scouting director Tim Wilkins and a bunch of other stuff. I'm trying to grow that. And um, we'll be talking a lot of college football. The, the uh, tailgate show is on 10 stations across the state. And, um, you know, we're, we're on the next round media and we're, 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 we're getting ready for football as well. So it's going to be exciting. Thanks, Mick. Talk soon. seen their clothing around town on game days but check out christopher mobley on the strip it's luxury game day apparel redefined it's the only place in town where you can find todd hoops apparel clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur golf enthusiast and athleisure fanatic they've got peter millar viore grayson and mizzen and main and if you haven't tried the mizzen and main dress shirts you've got to you can find them at 1410 university boulevard on the strip also they've got a great e-commerce site at christophermobley.shop so check out christopher mobley luxury game day apparel redefined Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. A Town Square Media Station. WTUG HD2 Northport. W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Noon Sports, Marge Anderson, Matt Coulter, and we're presented by Haley Sansing, who also happens to be in the studio of Union Home Mortgage. How are you today? I'm great. How about yourself? Do that one more time. You're great? <laughs> You're all good? I'm great. How about yourself? Um, I'm fine, Lars. I'm good. We got I'm an good. hour under our yeah. bell. We're ready to yeah. go. Let's do it. I, I just want to get a little information on you, and I don't want to dive too deep, but or, or, I, I don't know. I have been talking about you for four months or something like I that. I love it. And, um, yeah, I, I like I like saying your name, but I, I don't really, this is the first time we met in person. Are you a Tuscaloosa native? No, but I have lived here 
30 plus years so that's uh over half my life so i guess i'm i guess i can be a tuscaloosan but i grew up yeah i grew up in small town alabama butler alabama it's down there on the Mississippi line. It is, Choctaw County. I know exactly where that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people go down in that area to hunt. My husband does. Yes, he does. Um, how'd you get into mortgage? Well, when I graduated college, I um, went to work for a great guy, Wayne Musselwhite, who owned a credit bureau here. And I worked for him for about five years. And um, we he had uh, eight counties. Five counties here in West Alabama and three in the northern part of the state. And I got to know every banker, car salesman, credit union manager, uh, everybody. And my job was to manage the uh, sales and delivery of the credit reports and make sure that all those accounts were happy. And back then, I'm going to date myself a little bit. It was a little teletype machine that you would key in the information and out of the back of it, it would generate a uh, credit report. And it was it was interesting. So after a few years uh, of that, a great opportunity came to me and I knew that mortgage lenders seemingly had a pretty good life. You know, all this quote, flexible hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, took a job we at Yeah. <laughs> took a job at South Trust Bank and that merged to something else that merged to something else that merged to something else and change and a change and a change and suddenly here we are thirty years later. What is the number one issue uh, when people approach you for getting their first home mortgage? What is the number one issue that you try to walk them through? Oh boy. Uh, The number one issue would be that they need to just tell me the truth. Just come clean because it's going to be found out. If you you know, give us give us all the documents. Just give us everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. If you really have another, if you really have another wife and a whole other set of children <laughs> across the country, just tell me. Maybe I can still fix it, but <laughs> I'm going to find out about it. I promise you there will be no follow-up questions. Yeah. <laughs> um... Okay, so, yeah, just walk us through the process. If someone is looking to get a mortgage and yeah. they call you, how does that work? Yeah, it's it's a relatively simple process. You know, uh, again, it's a, it's a who, what, when, where, how type scenario. Now, some of my former processors, I do hope you're not listening because if there's ever been a, a, a queen of a cocktail napkin application, that would be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... You know, we do need to know who you are, how much you make, how much you have, and what do you want to buy. Uh, Now, that translates into about a 13-page loan application, but with the advance of this darn computer age and artificial intelligence and all of that, uh, that could be a link that I send you via email via a telephone app because we do everything with our iPhones now and it's it's relatively easy. You can sit um, in church and fill out a mortgage application. 
You can sit at your kid's ball game and fill out a mortgage application. Uh, you can sit in Bryant-Denny Stadium and fill out a mortgage application. So it's, it's, it's fair, fairly easy. And then once you've done that, I can retrieve it back, pull your credit report, and then you can start downloading Social Security cards, driver's license, pay stubs, W-2s, bank statements, those type items that are needed. And we can fairly get you a, a pre-approval depending on how fast the customer responds, but within 15, 20 minutes. What? Wow. I thought you could say five, six days. No, 15 no, no. 15 to 20 minutes. I, I shouldn't be amazed by that with no. the technology. This man. technology is something else, guys. Um, How is the market right now? Is it, I mean, is it, beyond, is it buyer's market? You, you always hear that. It... Uh, I think we're moving back to a buyer's market. Um, the interest rates have gone up. You know, we started out in January of this year uh, with with a different rate than we have right now. Uh, last week, Jerome Powell mentioned that we probably are looking at two, if not three more um, hikes by the Federal Reserve. Now, that doesn't necessarily transfer over to the mortgage market but but it does have some bearing on it inflation yikes you know how many of us have bought groceries or gas or a pair of shoes or anything lately everyone listening yes and and that's really hard um really really hard uh it just takes more and more so mortgage rates are are high now but if you look at the last 25 years we're still, you know, that 7% or so is an average of the market. What we had in 2020 and 21, that won't come back again in my lifetime, in any of our lifetimes. Maybe, maybe our children's. But that was just an anomaly, and we all have to just... Everybody that I stuck in those 25 to 3% rates... You're welcome, and I'm sorry at the same time because you, you can never leave, but your equity growth is going to be great. Or if you do leave, you can sell your home and pay cash for the next one. So I've helped a lot of agents out in that respect, I guess. If you're looking to buy your first home, is it still a good idea, a good time to think of it as an investment as much as where you're going to live? Absolutely. Um, real estate is always a great investment. Rents, you know, as fast as the markets have appreciated in the last few years, rents have also appreciated. Uh, let's take out the university because I'm most familiar with this market, so I'm going to talk about this market. Taking out the university and those the apartments and condos that are right around the university just the average rents in this town it's i don't know of anything that you can rent for less than twelve fourteen hundred dollars a month but you can still purchase a home 200 220 thousand with a modest down payment of three three and a half percent and have that 
twelve to fourteen hundred dollar payment, and you are at least building up equity, and that's the great fastest way to generational wealth. I mean, you just cannot do that living in an apartment. I remember when I went through the mortgage application process the first time, and it was like it was pretty frightening because this is going to be the biggest sure. sort of investment, the biggest expenditure. I've ever made. How do you uh, just make people feel a little more comfortable about that? Well, I always try to explain to people that number one, I've I've done it, and it it is a bit like, you know, getting naked in front of someone. But I, no, number two, I don't remember it after it's over with. I'm not going to see you in the grocery store and go, oh yeah, she's the one that owes belt fifteen hundred dollars. She's got a belt problem, or you know, he's got a whatever problem. You know, I I just don't remember it. Is it's like you know just a factual thing and it's just a it's just something you have to do so it's very just data at that point i guess is the best way to describe it well how do people get in touch with you we tell them we tell them often but you know we need to hear you say we, we, I, we get your cell phone out like 10 times a day i was gonna say i love my cell phone number and i would like for people to call or text me 205-792-1813 and i've had this number for about oh you know 25 years and it's uh it works 205-792-1813 so what's your greatest alabama football experience Holy smokes. The greatest? <sighs> you know, if you asked me that, I would be just Yeah, saying. I know. Me too. I, I mean, it's I'm difficult. not, I don't know. There's been so many. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's hard to put those up. I mean, there's just, would it have been when I was a student? Would it have been, I don't ask me that. That's just not <laughs> a fair hard. question. I know, I know. Matt and I, Matt and I have this thing yeah, where we, we we uh we try not to ask questions where we blindside each other and I just did that. You I so, yeah, that that's just not fair. I mean I, I love every experience. Yeah, I mean I yeah. you know, it's just fantastic. No, it, yeah. I mean, just from like the the tailgating to the entire experience of going to a game, it's it is uh, amazing. And um, yeah, uh, just uh, any any final thoughts on on just you know again, what is what is unique about the service that you offer? Um, I would like to say what's unique about the service that I offer is that. I take it extremely personal and I've got three members of my household that would vouch for that. Now I'm not allowed to give out their cell phone numbers, <laughs> but they will tell you that I take it extremely personal. Yeah, and if a loan does not go just right, they're going to hear about it and they come in and they go like, honey, what's wrong? Mom, what's wrong? And it's, it's, so, many, many, yeah. of, many of my friends have told me that 
Haley will get it done no matter what. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and it, it, it's like it's it becomes a cause for you. It does. Right? It does. <laughs> to make sure that your client gets exactly what they're looking for. Right. And, uh, and the people that I know who know you are just like astonished at your, you know, tenacity and <laughs> your, uh, your ability just to not quit because... It can be hard to get a mortgage. It is hard. There's a lot of I mean, rules and regulations. Down. I've been turned yes. down, and I have gainful employment. Yes, yes. <laughs> there are a tremendous amount of rules and regulations, and I didn't make them, nor can I change them. But you can work with people about it. That's right. Around them. That's yeah. right. Um, thank you for sponsoring our show and coming. I appreciate in here. it. I appreciate you, uh, it. You did this like you've uh, you participated in many radio shows in the past, so. <laughs> Well, you're welcome anytime. Yeah, look well, forward to having great. you back soon. Um, all right. Thank you, Haley. Thank you. When we get back, we'll be joined by ABC 3340 Sports Director Jeff Spiegel. Uh, as you listen to Big News Sports, brought to you by Hey, it's Singh, Union Home Mortgage. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Ted Battery. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon, just a small chance of a shower. The better chance of rain south of here, the high 89. Clear tonight, the low 68. And tomorrow, a dry day with a good supply of sunshine. The afternoon high at 93. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, Justin Jones. Uh, just to let you know, we're going to have to do a little segment and introduce you to the show here in a little while. The show, by the way, is being presented by Haley Sensing, sitting to my right, Union Home Mortgage. But we're also welcoming one of our favorite guests, and that's ABC 3340's own Jeff Spiegel. Spiegs, what's rocking in your world on this Monday? What's up, Matt, man? How are you? Things are, uh, things are well with me. I just, uh, you know, I, I don't even feel like complaining. I mean, <laughs> and you know, I'm, a, I'm an old stay off my front yard guy, and I don't do that. So, in other words, I'm a very, very blessed guy. Uh, if you were in charge of this show today, this is not fair, but I don't care. Sure. What would yeah. be your lead? Gosh, what will you lead uh, with uh, on the show today? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm always interested in the Major League Baseball draft. I mean, this time of year, I love seeing, you know, these kids get these opportunities and, and, uh, you know, uh, get drafted by these teams, uh, football recruiting, you know, how this goes. I mean, it's, it's never, it's never a bad day to talk about football. 
and uh, and Alabama had a really good day yesterday. Picked up three guys, and uh, you know Georgia's picking up guys left and right. No matter you know what you hear about the inner workings of the program, the recruiting cycle just keeps on you know churning out commitment after commitment after commitment. So. You know, uh, look, Alabama and Georgia are loading up for the future. Uh, they're the top two dogs right now in the SEC, and uh, they'll continue to be the top two dogs as long as those two guys are there. Jeff, and I don't think they're, you're going to get too much of an argument other than maybe down on the bayou, and that may be where sure. I'm headed here. But I don't yeah. think there's any question who one two is. And But right now... There seems to be some other areas that are kind of creeping up. I don't really even know if you can do that. Alabama and Georgia are so powerful on every single level of the college football program. But kind of give me who you think, and going to the SEC media days, who'd be two, three, or four? Well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if the SEC media is going to be gutsy enough to to put LSU at the top of the SEC West in the preseason, uh, you know, predictions. But, uh, but, you know, that's not an awful pick. I mean, uh, Jaden Daniels back at quarterback. Yeah, you know, yeah, Perkins there, you know, is a monster, you know, on the defensive front. Is he? Uh, yeah. And, you know, they're a pretty good year last year, beat Alabama. And, uh, you know, Brian Kelly's got them, got them on the rise. And, uh, and, and Tennessee uh, is going to be good again. And, you know, Melvin's got a heck of an arm back there. Uh, I mean, it's going to be have to be, you know, a, a tall order to replace Hendon Hooker, but but uh, Milton's pretty good. So I would expect LSU and Tennessee to uh, to make another run again. What is your assessment so far? And we've got nothing as far as on the field at Auburn. We've got a lot of it as far as on the field at Ole Miss. Personally, I, I think this is a year of establishing yourself and trying to get around four five hundred. But uh, I would think Auburn fans think they're their uh, their future is pretty bright with you freeze well i would think so too and i think he's done a really good job recruiting he's done a great job getting guys out of the portal you know filling those you know needs there's going to be a quarterback competition there and uh you know we'll see how that goes but uh you know Hugh freeze is really good at coaching up quarterbacks and he's a really good football coach and you know there was some there was some blowback you know when he first got hired but uh but you know once that died down and then, you know, the people started seeing, you know, what he was doing, bringing in guys. Uh, I feel like he's got the program headed in the right direction. I think a lot of, think a lot of Auburn fans feel the same way. And it's reflected in the fact that, you know, they sold out season tickets, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, and that was, that was big news. I mean, down on the plane. So, I mean, it's, uh, I, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, if they, you know, came out of nowhere and won eight games. Or whatever, you know. Um, I don't. I, th- I think Auburn fans are cautiously optimistic that they could do that, but uh, but I think they've got the coach who can who can coach them up and get them headed in the right direction. They're going to beat somebody they're not supposed to beat. Uh, they're also going to stub their toe a couple of times because you know it's a uh, first year under this guy. But I think he's going to you know produce some pretty good results the first year. Um, oddly enough, unless he's speaking somewhere, we don't hear a whole lot. Well, that's maybe not totally true. But Texas A and M um, is where's Jimbo's status there? And uh, I don't know that I would pick them very high on my list in the West. 
Well, if you look at all the preseason publications, I mean, people were in love with them, you know, because they, they had that great recruiting hall, you know, a couple of years ago uh, where, where, you know, they got the Saban and, and Fisher feud, you know, going last, last year, I would I should say. But and then and then the interesting hire of Bobby Petrino and uh, to, to be the offensive coordinator. And what I'm interested in seeing is is just how that dynamic is going to work. You know, does Jimbo have it in his system to back off and let Bobby run offense? Because I know Jimbo thinks he's an offensive genius. I'm not sure how much of an offensive genius he is, but he thinks he is. So, you know, you've got that very similar to when all this was going on with Gus Malzahn and he gave up the controls, then he took the controls back. And then he gave up the controls, and he took the controls back. So we'll see if Jimbo can, you know, stay out of Bobby's way to some extent. Jimbo's the head coach. He's always going to have, you know, a say in, in what the play is. But it's going to be interesting to see if he can let Bobby do his job or, you know, four or five weeks in, you know, the wheels completely go off that thing, and it's just a total war, you know, inside the Texas A&M Aggie football complex. Hey, let's turn uh, midseason, uh, midsummer classic, Major League Baseball. Um, will you make an effort to watch the home run derby? And are you an all-star game guy like you were when you were a little kid? I watch more of the home run derby than I do the all-star game. Uh, the the home run derby is fascinating to me. You know, uh, I, I saw it in person in uh, 2000 at Turner Field, and uh, that was pretty doggone amazing you know sammy sosa uh doing his thing and but i but i enjoy i enjoy seeing the ball go out of the yard and and i love that the the all-star game has lost its luster for me the fact though that there are eight atlanta braves you know in the mix this year will probably make me watch you know to some degree just to see how those guys do but uh but the home run derby is much more appealing to me than the all-star game now well, what do you think as we're talking about our Braves? And I say our because I've loved them since the minute they moved from Milwaukee, and that just shows you how old I am. But they are having a record-pacing, phenomenal year, and they do so even when they get banged up. Two of their best pitchers haven't thrown more than 10 games total. So right. and, and exactly. the home run numbers, it's just they're baffling. Yeah. Yeah, they're staggering. 168 uh, round trippers, I think, uh, which is the most by any team before the All-Star break. And then I think they also have 26 straight games with a homer, which is crazy. But here's the craziest stat to me. They've won 11 series in a row. Yep. 11 series in a row. And that's just ridiculously difficult, you know, to put a streak like that together. So, uh, you know, they're they're just, I mean, I, I would... It looks like they're unstoppable right now, but some strange things can happen when the postseason rolls around. So uh, you always sweat a little bit, especially if you're a Braves fan when the postseason rolls around. No matter how good they are, you know, you just hope that they, you know, do what they're supposed to do and and, and win the games and get there. Yeah, uh, you know how big a Braves fan I am, but uh, I can also be critical, and we should have at least two or three more. But uh, my, and I'm also a little greedy. 
Yes, sure. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, this is a it's a phenomenal team and so fun to to watch. As long as we're throwing numbers out there, I read this one Delars a couple of a couple of weeks ago. They had um, seven players on their starting lineup that had thirteen or more home runs. I just right to shake my head. And then I think in like seventy five or six of their eighty four eighty five games, they've scored in the first inning. That blows me away. Yeah. And they're still a really young team, too. I mean, you, you look at all those all-stars, and uh, and they're all, the, all these guys are young. I mean, they're really young, and, and they've done a good job, you know, of, of keeping, them, keeping them locked up for a while to where, you know, um, like I was talking to a buddy of mine who works here who's a Cardinals fan, and I go, look, I go, look, dude, you're 24 years old. You, you can change teams. There's no law against changing. <laughs> I mean, your, your Cardinals are going nowhere, dude. They're I awesome. mean, you, you need to you need to hook on with the Braves because they're going to be good. They're going to be good for a long time. Are they going to be World Series good for a long time? Well, I, you hope so, but but they're going to be good for a long time to come. It appears. Yeah, and I think the Orioles and the Reds are going to be that way too, uh, mm-hmm. with their young talent. And the, the Orioles have done it right too. They have just absolutely built this from farm system up. And what are th- they're shortstops from uh, Alan Selma? Is that right? Gunner? Well, yeah. And what, what about the Reds, the De La Cruz guy? Oh, who's still second, third at home within like a two-pitch span uh, on Saturday. Great I mean, baseball. he's the most exciting player in baseball right now. Uh, and, and, and Matt, are, are, you, are you happy that the stolen base has become cool again? I mean, yes. I am tickled to death that, uh, that people are stealing bases. I didn't think I was going to like some of these changes, but I like most all of them. And one of them I didn't think I was going to like was the extension of the, you know, uh, diameter of the bases. And I like that because it's brought stolen bases back. But Acuna's about to hit go 40-40 right now. Uh, I yeah. want the all-star break. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and I really like the pitch clock. I'm not sure that. I still have my problems with the, the shift because I don't think you should be instructed on where you can put your defensive players. But uh, I'm going to put that on the table and, and live with it. Uh, Lars wants to ask you some Bama questions about football. Can you hang on for a minute or you got to get your show ready? No, man, I'm good. All right. That's uh, Jeff Spiegel, our guest here on Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing. We'll be back with more questions for Spiegs in just a minute. This is the Big Noon Sports Network in 19. 19- Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Back on Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sensing, Union Home Mortgage. 
our guest from ABC 3340, their longtime sports director and anchor, is Jeff Spiegel. Hey, the uh, I want to, I want total honesty from you here, Speaks. Oh, One boy. week we're gone. The, the media gathers in Nashville, uh, one thousand to one thousand five hundred of us. Does it excite you anymore? You know, honestly, it does. I mean, because uh, when it when it gets to be this time of year, I'm so tired of talking about not talking about football <laughs> that uh, I want to. I know I'm using like a triple negative. In no, there that's perfect. No, that was good. Yeah, but uh, but sounds like a lawyer but, uh, talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I want to talk about football again, you know, and I think um, I think all of us who are sports anchors in this market in the southeast are wired that way and if you're not wired that way if you say you're not i mean you're 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 not being honest with yourself you know this is uh this is what people care about and uh and i i i love talk i love talking about football you know every every sunday morning at church you know there's someone who comes up to me and asks me about something related you know, to, to college football the whole year round. And there was an onlooker who saw one of the conversations going on and they said, man, don't you ever get tired of talking about sports and tired of talking about football? It's like June. And I go, no, never. I mean, it's uh, it's a blast. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing the, the guys who are, um, you know, without their helmets on and, and kind of getting a little bit of their personality and uh, and and there's some there's some uh, interesting personalities who play football in this conference. Jeff, how many SEC media days have you covered? And do you have okay? This this is horrible. This is a three part question. How many sure. how many SEC media days have you covered? What is your do you have a favorite memory or a, or a most intriguing story you covered? And what is your projection for this year as to what will be the story that we're all talking about coming out of SEC Media Days? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think I think I'll take the last one first. I mean, there's going to be there's going to be so much talk nonstop, and and this is and this makes me tired. You know about the transfer portal, about NIL. You know, there's going to be the, 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 those stories. Those stories are going to come up, and and there are issues, and I and I totally get it. I get it that there are issues that you know are affecting college football. You know, long term, guys are going to get asked a lot about Texas and Oklahoma, even though they're not on the schedule. You know, whether on Alabama's schedule, Texas is, but but Texas and Oklahoma doesn't become a regular for like another year. So 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 we're going to hear about that in terms of how many SEC media days. I lost count, but the first one I went to was when I worked at WACT Radio in Tuscaloosa, and I was uh, I was at the 1985 SEC Media Days, which I think was at one of the hotels in Birmingham. Might have been the Sheraton. Was was, the was, was Matt Coulter there? No, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Matt Coulter probably was there. But I was in the radio room, and I was in there with Eli Gold and Jim Fife. To legendary figures in terms of play-by-play guys and the stories they were telling. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. I mean, they had everybody just rolling. 
And this is before Radio Row. So we were all just, uh, you know, a bunch of radio guys in there with our tape recorders and everything, holding mics up to people. Bo Jackson was one of the guys who was representing Auburn. And that was, uh, and that was a pretty big thrill because he was one of my favorite guys to cover, you know, uh, coming up in my, in my younger years. So that, that, that's my favorite memory uh, of SEC media days and, uh, the, the media circus that followed Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel those years. <laughs> crazy, crazy, off the top, crazy. And when we interviewed Philip Fulmer through the speakerphone because he refused <laughs> to come to media days, you know, to avoid that subpoena, right? Yeah. And we were all interviewing him through a speakerphone. That was kind of bizarre and odd. You remember all the mic flags? It was just stuck oh, yeah. and pointed down towards this telephone, and well, how ridiculous everybody was trying that? to lean in to get their question, and it was just absolute chaos. So crazy, man. So crazy. But yeah, it's it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I uh, I enjoy it, and uh, and I look forward to it every year. Do you think that uh, Nick Saban is going to use his time up at the podium as kind of, uh, you know, like the president using his platform as the bully pulpit? Do you think Saban is going to have a message that he's going to deliver that will reverberate all across the college football landscape? He always does. He always comes in with a plan. Um, You know, he always comes in, you know, with an agenda, you know, of what, you know, he wants to to get across, you know, to us. And, and, um, and I also think, you know, when he, when he gets in front of microphones and he gets on a podium that just like every Monday at his press conference, you know, he's, he's not just talking to writers, he's talking to his football team. So there'll be a message that's both for us and both and, and for his football team. And so we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what that is. It'll be very similar to messages that, you know, he's delivered in the past that, you know, they're, you know, the only way you can, you know, get back up to the mountaintop is keep pushing that rock, you know, or whatever he's going to, whatever analogy he'll use. But, but there, but there's always some college football issue agenda that he comes, that he wants to push and he wants to, uh, talk about and, and it'll be, uh, it'll be written about, you know, at a lot of places because, you know, uh, no matter what Kirby Smart has done the last two years, this is the guy that more people listen to when it, when it comes to not only on the field stuff, but off the field issues. Will there be anything that uh, you think Commissioner Sankey will step up and address that we didn't already expect? Oh, uh, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, he'll be talking a lot about the playoff, I'm sure. He'll get a lot of questions, you know, about the, about the 12-team playoff and, uh, you know, that for college football and what he'd like to see, you know, in the, with the transfer portal and NIL. And so there'll be a lot of, you know, news, you know, beefy news, you know, coming out of that. Uh, but I feel, I feel like he thinks the state of the SEC is, is pretty good. It's always a state of the SEC address. And, uh, and I think he feels, you know, pretty good about the, about the league going forward and, uh, and going into this next phase of college football, which is the 12 team playoff. The three players that Alabama is bringing to SEC Media Days are uh, J.C. Latham, uh, offensive lineman junior, uh, 
Kool-Aid McKinstry, defensive back, also a junior, and Dallas Turner, linebacker, a junior. Uh, of those three, is there one that you're really particularly interested in uh, in talking to and just uh, in picking their brain? I haven't heard from Dallas Turner that much. I'm very interested to hear, you know, how he's kind of taken over, you know, in the absence of Will Anderson, you know, uh, how how he's kind of relishing that role. I would think he would. He's always been a very dynamic player, you know, as far as a pass rusher goes. Kool-Aid McKinstry has been one of our favorites, I mean, from day one. I mean, we've covered this guy since – you know, he was a young pup at Pinson Valley High School. He's always been a, you know, a favorite of mine. So looking forward to seeing him. And then, you know, um, uh, the offensive linemen, the offensive linemen are always going to have, always going to bring some good stuff to the table. I mean, those guys are just geniuses on the football team. I mean, I don't think, I don't know how many people appreciate fully how smart you have to be to be an offensive lineman in this league. Jeff, you're right. Jeff, I'm excuse. I'm sorry. I was just going to say like the O lineman, when I was working on a story, those would be my go-to guys, no matter what team it is, because one reporters tend not to talk to them. And two, they are usually the smartest, most articulate (laughs) guys on the team. Well, Barrett Jones is a great example. Yeah, I mean, Barrett Jones is one of the smartest guys I've ever known. Yeah, Mike Reddick gave me that advice when we were looking for people to talk to, like after the game, after a big win or something. He said, he said, don't go to the quarterback because everybody's, first of all, they're probably not going to let you talk to the quarterback. Don't go for the running back, but go for the offensive lineman. You're going to get the best stuff from the offensive lineman. And nine and a half times out of ten, that is so true. Absolutely. Yeah, for any level of football. Uh, yep. Speaks as always. Thanks, man. Yeah, Let's great do it stuff. Again. Thank as, you. Yeah, as always. Great stuff. Hey, I really appreciate it, y'all. Have a good day. You okay. too. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Spiegel, longtime sports anchor and director for ABC 3340 out of Birmingham, Alabama. When we get back, let's wrap this show up and talk about a couple of things that we haven't talked about to be redundant. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. The all- Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon, just a small chance of a shower. The better chance of rain south of here, the high 89. Clear tonight, the low 68. Tomorrow, a dry day with a good supply of sunshine. The afternoon high at 93. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports. It's Lars. It's Matt. 
And our uh, new producer is Justin Jones. Justin, uh, how's the first day gone so far? Pretty smooth. Nothing nothing crazy. A little bit of background on you. We, uh, we're going to miss Sepp and several of the other producers that have, uh, what, what are we saying, onward and upward from, from this particular yeah, gate? onward so. and upward, on to, on to bigger and, and better things. Where are you from? Um, so I'm a military brat, but my family's from Greensboro, Alabama, about an hour from here. You're the first producer that's actually from this state that we've had. They've been from Maryland, Virginia. Rare, uh, rare, uh, rare air over um, here. So I, I know a little bit about surrounding areas, maybe more than your other producers. <laughs> are you in school at Alabama now? I just graduated in, the, in the spring, graduated in May with uh, news media, and I, I was taking Lars's class this last semester as well. So, Who's your favorite professor all time? Yeah, Easily, right? All right. <laughs> Wait, Marty, I just, I just grades, paid him right? 20 Marty bucks to say that, yes. Have you already given him his grade? So, I mean, you could, <laughs> yeah. you could really answer that truthfully if you wanted to, although I suspect you did. Oh, uh, he did a great job. Great job. Oh. There's, a, there's a bunch of former students just uh, around here. That's why they're leaving. It's wonderful to see, though, um, that um, you know that, that 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 people like yourself are are giving it a shot, like you know, trying to make it in sports journalism, and it is difficult. I mean, just today, Matt, the New York Times announced that they are shutting down their sports department. And they are going to direct readers to the New York, or excuse me, to the Athletic, uh, which the New York Times now owns. And so, uh, they're the, basically going uh, online. It, well, the all of the sports writers who worked for the Times are now being reassigned to other beats. All of them? Uh, well, most of them are going to leave. Yeah. I'm guessing, but um, man, just a, a, another tough day. But again. Uh, See, I'm looking at two of my uh, great graduates right now and um, who've been through the, the uh, journalism program at Alabama. And I, I would tell you, I believe that University of Alabama has one of the best journalism schools in the not just the South, but in the country. I mean, it, not many uh, J schools can say that they have a, a professor like Rick Bragg, uh, Pulitzer Prize winner. Unbelievable. And, and I, for my money, Rick Bragg is the best living American writer, writer. In the, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, he, uh, did you guys take? Did you guys take Frog uh, Ridge did you take or Rich's, something like that? Did you take Rick Bragg's class? I took um, a Diane Bragg's class. Ah, well, there you go. So that counts. For uh, I believe that was like the media law. Class. Yeah, media law. Diane teaches that. That was, all, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? They still and had actually, that. Um, my minor's poli sci, so okay. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I like it. Well, when I went in to purchase that book and I had to get a wheelbarrow in order to get it out <laughs> of the soup store, I went, wow. Because, I mean, it's, it's a law book about as large as my hand. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I still make reference to it. I still use it in my thought process, when, even today doing a sports talk show. So um, it's all good. But uh, I think I've told you this, and you don't know how you're lucky, and you don't know how lucky you are, Lars. When I first got to the University of Alabama, uh, I had just, I'd also worked at another radio station. I already had commercial radio experience when I came in as a freshman. And I looked at the equipment, and I went, the stuff we got at that tin water back in Huntsville is better than this. Now it's top ten. I mean, the TV studios that overlook Bryant Denny 
and then the actual offices. There's paint peeling off the walls back in '75. I mean, we had spitball battles in the back of the classroom, and it was, it was like an extended version of high school. Well, now, I, now I say that, okay, that's facility wise. Now the professors that we had, they were spot on, and I learned a lot of, if you will, book learning, um, a lot of theory from them. But uh, the practical experience back then was just it wasn't there. Well, and Matt, I'll let you know that Lars is trying to uphold your spitball tradition as best he can in his classrooms. Did he ask you to take a pen out and cover it? Yeah. Uh, I haven't thought about a spitball since I was like in second grade. Since you, so uh, since I didn't, I didn't realize that that was a thing in college. But You used to take them bowling, didn't you? Oh, we still, yeah. Cool. Advanced, my advanced sports writing class, we go bowling. And uh, how did you do in the bowling tournament? Oh, uh, has to get Jim. advice from his caddy. I did not do very good. Uh, yeah, I didn't That's... do good. I don't remember where I placed. I think I was like third to last or something, but I didn't finish in last. So, did you? Did any other professor take you bowling? No, you were the only one. <laughs> All right, so I get, I get, I get props for that. But now both both you guys were just awesome, awesome students, and I'm really uh, proud of both of you, and happy that we're all working together. It's fun. Uh, was there a professor at uh, Columbia, or uh, even before that at Saint Olaf, that you just really you connected with? Yeah, uh, a it professor. Have to be a professor at Columbia was Sandy Padway. Oh, he's the one that got you a job at SI. I, I, I owe yeah. my whole yeah. career to <laughs> Sandy Padway, uh, and uh, still in touch with him to this day. He was um, sort of this old curmudgeon uh, uh, editor who came up through the Philadelphia Inquirer and then went to Sports Illustrated, was an editor there for a long, long time, and then uh, began teaching at Columbia. And, um, yeah, he uh, he sort of took me under his wing because I had never been to New York before. And, I, you know, you've heard my stories about how naive and what a rube I was from Nebraska and so in over my head um, because, you know, a lot of my classmates at Columbia were – they had already worked for the Washington Post and the New York Times, and I had worked for the Manitou Messenger on the, <laughs> for one year at my college newspaper, and I just, it was rough, man. The what? The Manitou Messenger. Yeah, that was the college newspaper at uh, St. Olaf, and um, it was really hard, but, but Sandy just sort of stuck with me. And uh, he just taught me so much that I apply now to my teaching. And, and uh, when the opportunity came up to uh, become a full-time faculty member at Alabama, the first person I called was Sandy and asked him you know, for his advice. And he was like, oh, it will be the most enriching experience of your life, uh, of your professional life. And, and it has been. Uh, because to me, it is uh, it is more gratifying to see a student uh, uh, the kind of the light bulb go off. More gratifying to see that than you know uh, a a story to be read by twenty million people or whatever or a book reaching the New York Times list. Uh, it, it, once you see that you can have an impact on a young person, and you know this, Matt, it it, it means everything. Yeah, it's uh, it's all a part of the the teaching professor 
uh, process, but um, all about what you just should just do as a human being. Pay it forward, man. Exactly. All right, I have breaking, not really, news, but it is noteworthy. Tim Tebow, this, by the way, was just released. Tim Tebow is bringing professional hockey to Lake Tahoe. I mean, did, did you ever think you'd read that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Tebow, Florida guy. Tahoe. Now, if you're going to have a hockey team. Have you been to Tahoe? Well, oh, no. my gosh. But, I mean, it I, is I beautiful. have been up in that area, and it's gorgeous. So, what a great place to have a professional hockey team. But uh, they, this particular league, well, I've heard of it, the ECHL has uh, approved an expansion application for a team in Lake Tahoe beginning 24-25. He will own this particular hockey franchise with a guy named David Hodges, who is uh, evidently a big-time auto dealer and real estate firms investment guy in Georgia. So I just never really associated Tim Tebow with hockey. I thought, of anything, he would own maybe a minor league baseball team. Yeah. Because he played, and he wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad. Uh, he was uh, kind of like a long ball or nothing guy. But, uh, it sounds like an interesting venture for him. Not one that uh, you'd expect. Uh, not at all. And then we'll wrap it up with over the weekend, the John Deere Classic, except Stocka won. And it was incredible. He had uh, roommates of five. They got a huge BRO, whatever you call it, Verbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, six of them stayed there. Three of them ended up like the top ten. He won it and had to pick up the tab for the house, for the rental. Oh. Uh, you know, he won, what, a million five, wouldn't you guess? Something like that. What's a six-bedroom Verbo in uh, said Upper was, East he, Illinois go for? Upper West. Uh, uh, 20 grand? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's like a nickel to him. But um, you're saying that he that we're on the drive here, Matt. You were, you mentioned that he had a chance to shoot 59. Yeah, and he says he wasn't, but he the pin placement was very difficult, back left near water, and he said I hit the shot that I would have hit, no matter what my score was. But it looked like he was really going for it. But it went straight into the drink, and he flirted with losing the tournament. Not meant. Not to mention, he went from a possible 59 to a 62, which, by the way, that's not bad. 62. Yeah. 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 Shoot that at the turn. Yeah, exactly. All right. Justin, thank you for your time. Lars, uh, also uh, a very, very uh, special thanks to Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage, for dropping by the studio. Y'all have a wonderful afternoon.